The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What up and welcome in, folks. It is our late week edition of Hardwood Handicappers. You know what that means. Kelly Bidlin is alongside for this episode. And uh, what a perfect episode to bring Kelly back into the fold. It has been a busy week in the NBA. A lot of news coming down both at the beginning of the week and actually Today, there's a lot to dive into when it comes to uh, latest news and notes, so let's get right to it. Hardwood headlines. We'll start with the biggest story, Kelly, and that is uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Shocking when actually a player of James Harden's caliber goes down for a month. That is not the biggest story. Uh, It would be Brooklyn who continues to be a, uh, a story off the court and on the court, which we can touch on momentarily. But the Brooklyn Nets have decided to suspend Kyrie Irving. I love the wording here. For at least five games without pay that came down today. Uh, This is, of course, because of his, as they put it, repeated failure to, quote, unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs, end quote. Um, This is, uh, you know, following the drama uh, when it comes with the press conference with ESPN's Nick Friedel, where he was pushing back on Friedel's uh, uh, asking him of why he would promote the anti-Semitic film in question. And Mm -hmm. um, frankly, just his stubbornness when it comes onto this topic. Now, I don't think... I would say this. I don't think that we need to uh, put this out there, but I do believe that what Kyrie was pushing forward uh, was abhorrent and wrong. And the fact that he does not understand what promoting on his social media account is, uh, is frankly beyond me, but he's a free thinker and I'm not, I'm just a sheep who's here, man. So uh, we'll leave, I guess we'll leave it at that. But he he reads John. Okay. You get, you don't read as much as he does. Okay. All right. He's up to speed on everything that's going on in the world. You're just not because you're part of the media. Okay. 
he he's also he's also just existing, but also has an army behind him. But also, like he's he's absolutely all over the place. Uh, so look, I have said this a lot, and every time I do a hit on V Sin, the question is about the Brooklyn Nets. Frankly, yeah. at this point right now, we can bring up all the data points that we want, and there are numbers that we can get into. But from a betting standpoint, I just don't know with like night to night especially now that Kevin Durant's going to be on his own for the foreseeable future. And by the way, let's just throw this out there. Do we assume that Kyrie Irving's just going to serve this mention and then just come back? No problem. Cause I'm not going to assume that. I just don't think, I don't think there's anything positive you can do with Brooklyn. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that would be silly to assume right now, like that five games. I, I mean, let's okay. Two things here, right? We could take the wording that the nets used and okay. Maybe it's even more than five games, right? Cause they didn't even say it was just going to be that. Um, and who knows? I mean, Kyrie has obviously not felt the need to apologize, truly apologize for anything that he's done. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Kyrie's like, fine, you're going to suspend me five games and I'm not going to even play. I, I mean, I, that wouldn't shock me. Um, it, from a betting standpoint, no. You can't, you can't do anything but with this team but fade him. I, I mean, it's, to me, it's look, look, for, look for matchups with them where they might be playing bigger teams where they're going to struggle with that size when really all they have is Claxton down there. Um, and other than that, it's, it's going to be bad against him. Although one guy I will throw, I, I will, I'm going to bring up one positive because we can list about 10 negatives for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, this Watanabe fellow, uh, JVT, I, I feel like I barely, I have barely seen him play uh, before this year, but oh my gosh, has he been impressive the couple of times I have watched the Brooklyn Nets. You're a big uh, Yuta Watanabe fan. He is actually he was a he's a good rotation guy for the Raptors the last couple of seasons. That's where he uh, he made his hay. Yeah, I remember him. Massive night, but. I remember him like popping in and out for the Raptors, but I don't like he never left an impression on me. And just like right. watching him these past couple Nets games, I'm like, all right, like this this is a guy with like he's got some hustle, man. He's out there making plays both on both ends of the floor. Uh, he kind of impressed me. So I don't know that that's he's, what he's I'll a glue guy. About. He's a glue he's guy. A glue Great guy. glue guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 28 minutes the other night, 10 points for him, uh, a plus minus of minus 12, but uh, he was hardly the uh, the biggest issue on the floor. Not a great defender, as you can kind of see from the numbers. Uh, he he does a little bit of everything, but I will say this. Uh, when you're like, hey, you know what? Yudo Watanabe is a really solid spark for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> it kind of speaks to where you're at as a team yeah. at this point right now. That's the best um, thing I can say about him, JVT. That's the best thing I right. can say about him. And and look like to your point about like playing against them and like you know fading them. I always like deter from using the word fade, but it, this might be apt for this situation. On a night in which your coach, the guy that you wanted fired in the off season, gets fired, he's mm -hmm. gone. You got what you wanted. You go out against Chicago. You lose one hundred eight to ninety nine. You get run out in the fourth quarter, thirty one to nineteen. Your defense again fails in the most important part, and Kevin Durant is once more. A one-man show, 32 points, 9 of 16 from the floor, 12 of 12 from the free throw line. He adds in nine rebounds, six assists. Kyrie Irving completely disappears because I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like it's probably hard to focus on basketball when you've got all this other stuff going sure. on by your own accord and design. This team has nothing positive about them. And I do wonder if, like, as we look ahead for this squad, what the market is going to do when it comes to the adjustments for them. They have Washington tomorrow. I've seen one global line pop up with Washington minus one. I don't know if you've seen anything else, um, but how the market adjusts. And I would say this, I'll tell you that right now, 
If Washington is even just a one-point favorite, that is a market adjustment because before all of this happens, the Nets are going to be a favorite in that game on the road. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly the market wants to do with this team. But we are seeing little hints of this, at least in the global overnights, as we're seeing right now. What was the number you saw? Well, I got Bookmaker at minus two. I've got DraftKings at minus three. So here, this is the great part about this. Bookmaker, according to the screen I'm looking at right now, is Brooklyn Nets minus two. DraftKings is Washington Wizards minus three. Caesars is Brooklyn Nets minus one and a half. Win is at Brooklyn Nets minus two. So DraftKings right now is the outlier. We will see if uh, where the water finds its level. I would say Washington, I'll go ahead and limit say Washington minus one or one and a half is going to be your closing number by the time we get to tip off on Friday. Uh, yeah, I would say around there. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's three, actually, I don't know. I think it will probably stay around there. I don't think you're going to see that much Nets money. No, I mean, I would think that there's not a lot of people who want any sort of deal or anything to do with the yeah, Brooklyn so I don't, I don't, I don't know why I, th- I would think that would go down. I, I mean, I, I think two, you know, two and a half, three, something like that. I, I, I guess I would think it's getting close around there. And and I'll say this too, and this is where you do get an idea of where some books, like the, I don't even want to call it the risk that they're willing to take, but for lack of a better term, I will say it. But like when it comes to the risk they're willing to take, for example, we have a shop that is still sitting at Brooklyn Nets ten to one to win the NBA title. I, they should not be 10-1 to 1. with Kyrie Irving suspended for these five games and potentially even longer, and who knows if he, if he ever comes back. Uh, the fact that this team is sub-500 and playing the way that they are, a more realistic price should be 15 or 20-1, to 1, uh, but there are some shops who don't want to take on the liability because they are scared of what the Brooklyn Nets could potentially be. But here's the thing. When is that going to happen? It's not going to yeah. happen, and I would think that a more fair adjustment on this team is more like 15-1 to 1 or so. To tell me right now that the Brooklyn Nets – have a better chance of winning a title by a solid percentage than a team like, let's say, the Denver Nuggets or the even the Toronto Raptors. That's a joke. I think it's a little ridiculous. I, I mean, that's a joke. I mean, the, the Nuggets, it's a joke. And the Raptors, yes, the Raptors absolutely should have shorter odds than them right now. Um, I, I think the one one interesting discussion I've had the past couple of days about this team is, okay, let's assume, assume Ime Udoka is coming in. Uh, do you expect, because I do, that he's going to he's going to – add some pieces or try to add some pieces to bolster that front court. I, I just don't, I don't see Ime Udoka being willing to come into this situation and Ben Simmons now dealing with all these, you know, what a knee injury right now dealing with injury situations. It has to, it has to raise, you know, has to raise some concerns there in Brooklyn, whether they were planning on sticking with him in this kind of, uh, you know, the five spot experiment a little bit. I know obviously Claxton's been in there a ton, but you know, we were all hoping for this closeout lineup of Ben Simmons kind of playing the five and everything. And I, I just think, I don't think Udoka is going to mess around with that. I, I think he's going to look to add some, some help up front uh, and some size up front. And then, and then look, if Ben Simmons can contribute down the line and you can maybe do that, you know, later in the regular season or the playoffs. Great. But I don't think that's going to get you through a regular season. Uh, so I would ask you, Kelly, um, who, right? Like who, who is the size up front they are going to get? Cause that, that would be my pushback on it. And, and here's the other thing. I'm not saying um, you need anybody great. You know what I mean? But can, you know, can you grab a veteran minimum? Can you, can you, can you make a cheap deal for a backup somewhere? I mean, Claxton's been, Claxton's been solid. I'm a Claxton fan. I don't really think he should be, you know, taken out of the rotation or his minutes uh, limited at all, but I do think you need some help there. Yeah, I, I wonder what if they are going to do it, only because 
Um, you've already shipped off you know, some assets when it came to all the deals that you have already made. Uh, you wonder what they have left to actually get. And at this point right now, I'm going to double check here. But my only thing with that, John, is like you, they, they've said, they've basically told you since Saturday, right, with all of their actions, all of them, which is almost too many to name at this point, right? Like you fired your coach because that's what Kevin Durant wanted in the offseason. So you fire that, you fire Steve Nash. You, you talk about bringing in Ime Udoka, who's going through a year-long suspension with the Boston Celtics, that we, ha- we as the public have no idea what their investigation came to unveil at all. It, we, you, you're making that decision to go in that direction, we think, reportedly, right? Like, they're going to go in that direction. And then all of this Kyrie stuff, and you're still holding on to this guy. It's not like you've cut him at all. It took you five days to finally suspend him. The, like, this, has de- this, this team reeks of desperation. So, like, I would think that they would do anything. If, if Udoka comes in here, I would think he's got free reign to do anything to try to get this team to win now. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, uh, and I look, guys that are currently available as unrestricted free agents uh, that, I mean, would just add and be somewhat adequate. Um, Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, and I think Dwight Howard are all free agents at this point. Any right of now. those three. I mean, any and all of those three. Fine, bring them in. I, I mean, I think I, I think Udoka's going to, you know, Whiteside, uh, you know, probably the least of the three, but, I, you, you know, one of the better defenders of the three, and I would think Udoka would like some defensive presence down low. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought up Ime Udoka because you're right, I would assume. Um, this is just my own personal theory and reading a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know if let's just put it this way, Kelly. I think Ime Udoka is in Brooklyn because Ime Udoka is a scared is a scared uh, is scared that uh, there's no other job that's going to be taken him at this point right now. Yeah, no, and, no, exactly. You know that's kind of I mean? my point. That's kind of yeah. my point. Like it, that's why it's like another th- another layer of just how disgusting all of this stuff is that's happening in Brooklyn. Yep. So uh, we will see, but right now, and I should also mention uh, the Superbook has adjusted their futures prices to a much fairer price. The Nets are 21 to win an NBA championship over at the, uh, the Superbook. So that is, uh, I think an apt adjustment. And I think there's actually an argument to be made uh, that maybe you adjusted even more, but we'll see what happens with uh, Kyrie Irving. But to give you an idea, at least over a Superbook right now, Nets 21 Cavaliers, 21, Grizzlies 21. And again, if we're just doing the simple exercise, if I told you of those three teams, who's the most likely to win a championship, I don't think any of us would pick the Brooklyn Nets. No, not at all. Not at all. I I mean, John, you could set them at 40 to one. I'm not taking a piece of 40 to one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would think about 40 to one, but you're right. Like I would not jump the gun. Like last year to give people an example, like an idea, like last year, I think after the trade deadline, there was a couple of shops that adjusted them to about 11 to one to win the NBA title. And I literally grabbed my keys and was heading out the door to go to a book to bet it. And it got mm-hmm. adjusted really quickly. But that's where that team was at last year. Right. Now we're talking about having 20 to 1 available and not even wanting to jump on it. And we'll see what happens from there. So you are, <laughs> I think you are right at this point right now. So again, uh, the news there, Kyrie Irving suspended for at least five games. Uh, we should give some details on this too, because they did. And we'll see if maybe this, again, if this goes smoothly, you know, maybe he serves his suspension, does what he's supposed to do and moves on from there. Uh, but we will see. But from the report from Adrian Wojnarowski, um, the Nets said they made multiple attempts in recent days to help Irving understand the harm and danger of his words and actions. It was clear during the point guard's interview after practice earlier Thursday, little had changed, refused to apologize. Um, so it was later asked if he had anti-Semitic beliefs. He said no, yada, yada, yada. Uh, apparently, as part of this, 
I think he's going to have some sort of, I get, what do we call it? Like, it's not training, but sensitivity is, training, probably to a yeah, certain degree. I'm not using the, yeah, I'm not using <laughs> the right terminology, uh, but he's got to clear some hurdles along those lines for him to come back. So again, five or more games, it sounds like it is on him to complete whatever they need him to complete. That's why I go back to, I don't think if I were to make a prop, Kelly, will Kyrie Irving play another basketball game this season? What do you make the odds? I would say yes. I feel oh, like I want to favor the yes, but I'd probably make oh, it like you, you have minus to favor 115, the, minus 120. Like so it's you not have crazy. To, you have to favor the Nets because it's be, only, I mean, you have to favor the yes only because of the actions that the Nets have done in the past week. Right. So like I I, like they'll, I think they'll do whatever they can to get him back is what you're saying is yeah it is what I'm saying do I think there's a possibility though that Kyrie uh, chooses right. not to come back yes absolutely so I think I would make the yes m- minus four hundred he comes back and plays something like that Ooh. but no I'm I mean I'm not gonna be shocked if he does book it with me I'll take I'll take three to one on no. <laughs> I'll yeah, take three to one on yeah maybe we might have to talk about that later. <laughs> We'd have to readjust my number that, a bit. <laughs> man, if you're giving me that, uh, like, because he's he's just he's a weird cat, man. Like at the end of the he day, is. what he is, he's he's a weird cat. And and like the problem with people who consider themselves free thinkers is that when you push back on them, they feel uh, vindicated. Like right, they feel like, see, told you, you're not thinking like I am, man. You're just pushing back against me because you don't understand, bro. Right, and for. And- and from your standpoint, you're saying you're saying that you are you think it is much more likely that he doesn't come back because of himself yeah. and not the Nets, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if in the next 24 hours, Kyrie Irving's on Instagram Live saying that he's retired from basketball. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Wouldn't so, be shocked by that either. All right, now I, I have a couple more headlines to get to. We're going to get to James Harden, I promise. Uh, but we are doing this on Thursday night, so I just want to take note of this, and we'll see what happens because this is part of our bigger topic a little bit later. So we'll save this. Um, the Warriors are blowing another game. They are down 115-112 to 112 as I speak with 442 left to go in the fourth quarter against the Orlando Magic. They gave up 43 points in the third quarter to Orlando, and oh, yeah. uh, they are now trailing the Magic. This is a Warriors team that is now 3-5 and five on the season. They are winless and coverless on the road coming into this game. They're in the midst of a road trip right now. Uh, it has gone very poorly for Golden State. We'll get to the details on that, but uh, let's see how it ends up by the time we get to uh, talking about the Golden State Warriors. All right, other headlines to get to. Uh, this is a big one as well. James Harden. This is uh, pretty bad for a 76ers team that's been scuffling. He is expected to miss a month, Kelly, with an injury. Uh, it looks like he is uh, strained or damaged a uh, right foot tendon. So he is going to be out for at least four weeks. We'll see what happens. Uh, I have not seen the dreaded word of reevaluated because we always know reevaluated mm, leaves the door yes. open uh, for a much longer timetable. But this is on top of, by the way, for those who haven't been following on a day-to-day basis, Joel Embiid has missed three of the last four games uh, mm-hmm. for himself because he's had a, a, multiple issues among them illness. This Philly team is uh, not what a lot of us expected. I'll say a lot of us, not all of us, because I never like to throw a blanket over people. But they're four and five, coming off a loss to the Wizards again without Embiid. They uh, looked a little helpless on defense. How bad does this get for Philadelphia now? Because this is, um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to do because I had high hopes for Philadelphia. They have been yeah. bad in so many facets. And to be quite honest, James Harden has actually kind of been one of the bright spots, albeit somewhat inconsistent. Sure. I think that um, 
I, I mean, look, this is a team we were already concerned about their depth heading into the year, right? I, I mean, I think everybody agreed they had one of the better starting fives in the league, right? But the depth was was going to be an issue. So as soon as if whenever this happens during the season where you have anybody that you rely on heavily, I don't care if they're a star or a main role player go down, it, it creates a major issue within your team. So um, Harden being out a month. Uh, is going to be a, is going to be a big problem. Like you said, he has been one of the bright uh, one of the bright spots of the team so far. I'm interested to see what it does to Joel Embiid once he gets back in the lineup because I do think that they're I think we're going to see a high higher usage rate out of him. It's been one of his lowest uh, lowest you know lowest of the past few years at least to get out of the gate here uh, this season. So I'm I'm. I'm assuming they're going to go back to really pounding the rock down to to Embiid and letting him, you know, do work down there. Uh, I think that there is look for this game coming up. Uh, I have the Knicks uh, circled already uh, for this game on Friday. Matisse Thibel also looking very questionable for that game uh, tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything until I do see, uh, you know, official word on Embiid because it does it does look. I'm just seeing a report that he did he did practice at the facility yesterday so uh you know dealing with an illness looks like he's a little bit on the right track but i mean yeah, right i would now, assume i would assume Embiid's available only because it was an illness that kept him out of the last game am i right. usually when i see that generally you see the guy come back like john Morant a couple of nights ago is a good example he didn't play the first game against utah they played consecutive games because he was ill but then he came back and he was listed as questionable yeah. but i always assume if it's an illness non-covid of course uh that the guy's going to be back in the next game if that's somewhat fair all right a couple of numbers, too, on this, by the way, uh, when it comes to James Harden. On the court for James Harden, according to Cleaning the Glass, uh, right now, and this is as of today, November 3rd, plus 2.1 net uh, rating, so they outscore opponents by 2.1 points per 100 possessions when he's out there. Pretty average numbers across the board. 114.7 points per 100 possessions on offense with Harden on the floor. They give up 112.6. When Harden leaves the floor, the Philadelphia 76ers, a lot of things get worse. Uh, they are outscored by 5.5 points per 100 possessions. The odd thing is their defense actually gets insanely worse, and this is a super small sample size. I don't think that James Harden has become some uh, defensive stopper by any stretch, but 122.1 is offensive rating, 127.6 their defensive rating without Harden. I think it's just safe to say that they are worse without James, so we will see if, uh, as we kind of move forward here what that is going to be like. Uh, but this is obviously a really big loss for Philadelphia, and it's a big loss, too, when you're looking at the grandstanding of the Eastern Conference because the Cleveland Cavaliers have been a lot better than I expected them to be at 6-1. and one. The mm -hmm. Bucs will not stop winning games. They're 7-0. and oh. Toronto looks great. They've blown out their last two opponents. Atlanta's winning games as well. Uh, if you're in the grand like, scheme of things in the Eastern Conference, Kelly, a slower start, if we're talking about like through 15, 20 games, it's going to be a little bit of a problem to dig yourself out of that and finish with a top seat. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you said earlier. Let's see what the language they choose to use on this Harden injury going forward. You know, if you told me he, if you told me for sure he was only going to be out a month, I wouldn't be too concerned. You know what I mean about this team? But you, we know how these things like to linger and how things can happen. So um, it's interesting. I do think that there is going to be. Uh, I mean, Maxie's one of those guys I do have a most improved player award bet in on. Yep. I think this opens up even more opportunities for him. I mean, we've, he's already seen a lot of volume shooting uh, so far this season. I think that's only going to go up here. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I think with 
I think with Harden out of lineup, I, I think you're looking at point props and hit with him, and especially three pointer props of just the amount, the volume that he's taking here recently. I think that is one betting angle you might be able to take advantage of here uh, while Harden is out. You, you want my other one? This is my stubbornness kicking in. What you got? This is why the NBA season's great because there are ebbs and flows, there are peaks and valleys. And I wrote about this in the guide where, you know, let's go back to the last three years when we've seen this. And I'll mention this one more time. Last year, the Boston Celtics, they were 18 and 21. They peaked at about 66 to 1 to win the NBA Finals. They got there. The Atlanta Hawks, when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they bottomed out. Yeah, bottomed out's a better term, not peak. Bottomed out at 65 to 1 to win the conference. And the Miami Heat, when they made it to the Orlando Bubble, bottomed out at 80 to 1 to win an NBA title. So I'm saying all this because this is an injury that we know has a solid timeline, it seems. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid has been out of conditioning and all that kind of stuff, but you would assume he works his way back, and illness has held him back here a little bit. I'm saying that Philadelphia is going to be full strength again. It's not like Brooklyn where we don't even know if Kyrie Irving's going to be back. Kelly, I will tell you this. If I get 20-1 to on Philadelphia at any (laughs) point during the time that that James Harden is out, I'm in. Yeah, I think I think you'll see it. I think you'll see it. I think you'll see. They're already it. at sixteen to one, like pretty much consensus. Yeah, so I, I think there's a very good chance you'll see that. And, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, uh, that that's shoot. I was able to take advantage of of, of Hawks and Heat's tickets uh, during those years. Uh, that that was those were fun rides until they uh, ended up burning out. But uh, yeah, man, I definitely I think that's a way to look at it for sure. I mean, you were, were a guy very... who was high high on this team heading in. Uh, I, I mean, there's no, if you're, you were high heading into the season with on, on them, you might as well look for a better price uh, uh, during the season. Yeah. All right. Last, uh, last headline, then we'll take our break. And then we'll get to our teams that we want to focus on, um, which are currently in action, actually. So uh, we'll have some delayed reaction to that. Uh, but big news, the NBA, I don't know if you saw this, Kelly, they are taking up for the sports better. Everything's going to be fine. They're teaching these teams lessons. The Thunder and the Clippers have been fined to $25,000 for violating NBA injury rules. The Clippers, the uh, league found that the team did not disclose an accurate game availability status for Brandon Boston Jr. And Good. forward Musa Diabate. Yeah, got him. Uh, and then the Thunder on Monday did not disclose the availability of guard Josh Giddy in an accurate yes. and timely manner. $25,000. I'm sure these billionaires will feel this in their pockets. The NBA is here to save us. I mean, I mean, I, you, you, I know, I know, I know, uh, like, I know you're being a little bit sarcastic there, but I mean, I, I think it is the step in the right direction. I mean, I was a guy who had a, an SGA over points and assist prop on, on, uh, the other night. And, that, and part of that was because I thought Giddy was going to be out and I go and turn on the game. You know, it was a little busy an hour or so before the game. And then I turned it on. I'm like, why is Josh Australian? He's out there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, why is Josh Kitty on the court right now? This is part of my handicap. What the hell? (laughs) Uh, So luckily it still got home, but still, I was not happy about that. That is, this is absolutely stuff that can benefit betters big time. The more accurate injury information we have. So thank God, at least we're moving in the right direction. I'm being facetious because if they were serious about it, make it a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like make make the find something actually tangible that is going to make these teams actually feel it a little bit and reconsider their decision-making around uh, when it comes to, you know, injuries and availability and whatnot. Also, if they were actually super serious about it, they would change their injury protocol and actually have designations uh, like, you know, and practice results, things like that. Like in the NFL, we know on Fridays, if a guy's limited, he's going to play generally and all that kind of stuff. Right. You need to be a little bit more forthright with your injury reports personally, but, uh, 
maybe these $25,000 fines will teach these teams because the Suns <laughs> got it last year, and I'm sure the Suns were like, oh, my God, we can never let this happen again. We can never do uh, this all right. again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll take our first break, uh, and then uh, uh, we'll come back. We have to discuss uh, the, the teams right now. I mean, there's a lot going on with a lot of these squads, uh, but what is happening with the Golden State Warriors, even as we're recording, the, the more it happens, the more troublesome it becomes. And uh, there is a team out there that I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the L word that I absolutely love. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. All right, back on Harvard Handicappers. Uh, Kelly, as we are recording this, it is Thursday night. There's a minute and 35 seconds left to go. I'm going to put this game on, actually, so I can see we can watch what's happening here. The Golden State Warriors are blowing another game. Uh, this has been pretty bad. For those who don't know and didn't watch, and I'm sure you're a Heat guy to a certain extent, so I'm sure you had your eye on this. I was watching it the other night. They are in South Beach. They're taking on Miami. I had a ticket on them at pick. Uh, they closed like plus one in a couple of spots. It was just it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, but they they are they're up like double digits multiple times in that game. The Warriors are. And then the fourth quarter comes around. They get outscored 30-15, to 15, get absolutely blitzed by Miami in the fourth. They lose that game outright to the Heat. And now they go to Orlando. They have a pretty good first half. Uh, I think they're up, if I remember correctly, by 12 going into halftime. They give up a, a 43-point third quarter and are currently tied right now, 122-122. to 122. This is part of a bigger picture, Kelly. They are winless on the road right now. I'll bring up the Steph Curry, like non-Steph Curry numbers, which are pretty bad, but I think there's an explanation for it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just ask you, from like a betting standpoint, this team's way under uh, in terms of their ATS record. Are you worried at all? Because this is a team that is laying good numbers, right? They were, I think, uh, nine and a half point favorites against the Charlotte Hornets when they lost that game over the weekend. They were seven and a half point favorites against Detroit when they lost that game outright. They closed nine and a half here against Orlando. They're not coming close to covering some of these numbers. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, look, long-term, am I really concerned? No, not really. Not not, not really, uh, to be honest. I still think they are one of the more talented, deeper teams um, in the NBA. I, I think that one, the one thing that I still need to see, because I think it was one of, the, one of the, the draws to liking this team this year, was the whole idea that the old guard and the new guard, right, were going to combine, and you were going to get... So maybe, you know, maybe some key minutes for obviously Jordan Poole is kind of already there, but you may get some key minutes, key plays from guys like Kaminga and Wiseman. And I don't really know how much we've seen of that yet. And that I think that part's a little disappointing to me. But um, long term, no, I'm not worried. Uh, I'm not worried, JVT. But I think there is, look, I think short term, uh, the NBA NBA betting, you and I look at a lot, a lot of statistical stuff, but yeah, there, there are, I mean, teams during a long regular season definitely go through peaks and valleys, you know, and highs and lows. And I like to catch teams when they're playing hot. There's no doubt about that. And I, and then I kind of like to bet against teams when they're kind of in those slumps. So um, yeah, I think this is a time right now. Uh, I mean, again, I think we're going to talk about it later, but another game I've got circled for tomorrow, this team goes back on the road 
you know, second half of a back-to-back, head over to New Orleans, and I'm seeing New Orleans four, four and a halves out there right now with Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones upgraded here today to probable for that game tomorrow. So I don't know how I'm staying away from that one. I'll tell you that much. Yep, no, I agree. And so here's here's a couple of notes to follow up with it. First off, your point about the young guys, um, I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to get sent to the G League. Yeah. Uh, he he hasn't played in like four games. Right. Uh, even today here in a tight game, uh, he has not seen the floor. He last played on the road against Detroit. That was right. That was the day before Halloween. He has appeared in six games, and they've played, what, eight or nine now. Uh, but he hasn't played since that Detroit game. And even his minutes, Kelly. So he played 19 against Detroit. Uh, but if I remember correctly, Clay Thompson sat. Uh, so they were you know distributing minutes a little bit more evenly. But we're talking about 19 minutes against Detroit. Three in that overtime game against Charlotte. 15 against Phoenix, seven against Sacramento, eight against Denver, 13 against the Lakers in the season opener. Whatever's going on with Kaminga, they're not seeing it and they're not playing him at all. And this is a guy in Steve Kerr who wants to play these young guys. Like Moses Moody, I don't know how much you've watched of the Warriors overall. I've been so impressed with Moses Moody. He's looked really solid uh, for the Golden State Warriors in his minutes. But here's the interesting part about what I've watched. And I think from an in-game standpoint, it's going to be interesting to track as we move forward. I want to really like sit down and watch a Warriors game Mm -hmm. coming up here. And it might be this next one that you're talking about. Kerr's been going with these hockey lineups. So like the like the shift changes, right? He's not like staggering Steph and Draymond and Clay with the young guys. He's going full on, like full at, let's old, go bench full. Yep. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ty Jerome, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, and Jamichael Green, like all on the floor together at once. And if you look at some of the numbers, like um without Steph Curry on the floor coming into tonight. Clay Thompson was on the floor without Steph Curry, only 20 possessions. Draymond Green was on the floor without Steph Curry, only 14 possessions. So it's pretty clear that what he's doing, Steve Kerr is, he's turning these bench minutes over to these young guys and saying, let's go, let's see what you got. I don't know if that's like a short-term thing or what it is, but I think that does explain some of the issues that we have seen up to this point. No, I think that's a great call. I think that's a great call. And I think, I think, I think you're, uh, I think you're right with that. It's probably has something to do with some of the issues. I also think that I also don't hate the strategy by Kerr. If you feel like you've got several good young players, but you need to weed out who's really going to be a part of this rotation for the long term, and who you know, like a Kaminga, who could maybe benefit from heading to the G League for a bit. I, I think that's fine. I think that's fine at this point in the year to 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 do run some experiments like that with your lineup. So I don't hate it, but I think you're. I think it's a good point. That's probably why you've seen some of the struggles. I'm just looking at even Wiseman's stats because a couple of games I have caught. Um, you know, I, I watched a couple of their early ones a, a fair amount of minutes. Other than that, it's just been brief moments here and there. But you know, like even even Wiseman, right? Like you look at the beginning of the season. Okay, 17 minutes, 16 minutes, 20 minutes, 18 minutes, and then it just, it's starting to fall off a cliff from there. Um, you know, that first game against Miami on October 27th. Okay, 14 minutes. Uh, you got 10.6 rebounds out of them. The next game at Charlotte, five minutes, uh, 13 minutes against Detroit, nine minutes that last game against Miami uh, with zero rebounds in a couple of those spots. You're just, you're not getting a lot out of that guy either. So I, you know, I think there's a lot of, I think there was a lot of expect expectations, at least by me, that you were going to see this kind of, this melding of kind of the, kind of these new guys, the younger guys in with the old, older guys this season it's just not working out right now for the most part. Uh, but you're right. He's trying, he's trying out different things. So, you know, who knows how it works out long-term. I, I still, I'm not really worried about this team though. I do still think they are, um, 
one of the top end teams in the Western Conference. I, I, I guess, I guess after last year, John, I, I, I refuse to be, I refuse to be faked out by this team, doubting them again. You know, what I mean, I feel like, I feel like I doubted oh, yeah. them too many times last year, and I'm just, I'm not going to let that happen to me this year. I, I think it's just safer to like, like I think if you're like, hey, okay, as we move forward into the season, question, I, I would never question the what we know about them. I think it's fair to look at this team big picture and go, what does their bench look like as you get into the postseason? Like we're assuming that these minutes for these young guys will turn into development. Sometimes that's not the case. And to also be very fair as well, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, which was one of their big offseason acquisitions, he hurt his groin. He has not been playing. So that's going to help out a lot. But this is a number that I think worries you, Kelly, big picture for the most part. And when I say big picture too, Kelly, I mean like, like when we're talking about the best of sevens, when you get to the postseason, right? This right. might make the ultimate differences. Negative um, 20.5 net rating. So they get outscored by 20.5 points per 100 possessions on offense and offensive rating of 97.8 and a defensive rating of 118.3. Those are their numbers when Steph Curry's on the bench. That's bad. That's, wow. that's yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. I, yeah. And I, I mean, short term, Short term, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many answers they have short term to that, and I, I don't know that they care. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't. I, I think, I think it is a, I think it is a bit of a, I don't want to say an overreaction by us. I, I just think, I think you described perfectly what they're going through right now, and it's kind of trying out different things. And look, they know they're going to be there at the end of the day when the playoffs roll around. As long as they're good to go by the playoffs, I think that's all they care. All right, the other team that I really wanted to hit on, and they're playing right now too. When are we going to respect these guys? I swear. This is – I'm a Clippers guy, okay? I was born out in Southern California. Uh, I was raised in Las Vegas. Uh, And, yes, I have an outlier favorite football team in the Indianapolis Colts. But as a matured – as a sports fan, Kelly, I was like, you know what? I got to take up for the teams from Southern California. So, Angels and Clippers. Screw this Lakers-Dodgers stuff. I want teams with character. And so, I'm a Clippers guy. Having said that, I might be turning in paperwork soon – to become an official fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> I this hear team, you, man. This team is so freaking awesome. I'm sorry, but they are. Their talent is great. Uh, I would say, like I said this the other and day. the Warriors uh, go down. The Warriors yes, go Clay down. Yes, Clay Thompson with a push Did, shot. I don't even, I don't even know if he got a shot off in time. Yeah. 130 to 129. They blow this game and the, and the Warriors. Wow, this is crazy. Uh, again, yeah, look, we're only eight games in, but um, really bad start to the season for the Golden State Warriors. So, like, I think this Thunder team is incredible, Kelly. The talent's fantastic. They have, coming into tonight, this is my most blind, like, my, my most mind-blowing thing that I, I have seen since the start of last season. In the first seven games, they are 4-3 and three right now. They are 6-1 and one against the spread. Dating back to last season, since the start of the regular season, they are... They are covering at a 63.3% clip. I love the, it. I think, uh, the, the market has not adjusted at all. The Thunder are still perceived to be this terrible team when they are just loaded with young talent yes. that never quits. And go back to these last few nights. The I don't know if you watched the Mavericks game over the weekend. They're down 16 with less yep. than five minutes left to go. They go on an 18-2 run to close the game. They win in overtime. The, the Magic, who just beat the, the, the Golden State Warriors, they weren't down as much, but they're down in the second half. They come storming back in the fourth quarter. They beat Orlando and cover, by the way, as a three-point favorite. And here today, as we speak, they are down in the uh, third quarter at halftime by 14 points. They have outscored Denver in this third quarter, 27-14, to 14, and they are down by one, 85-84. to 84. 
I love this team. And the market just does not budge on its on its market rating for it. It's incredible to watch them cover night after night and yet still see some of these numbers that they catch in these situations. Yeah, I uh, I took a piece of them live tonight. I, I'm I'm with you, JVT. This, this is a team that they were fun to watch last year. But like this year, it's I I, I mean yes, it's it it sucks that Chet Holmgren's out because he w- he was my favorite rookie prospect. I I know that sounds crazy with how good uh, Bancaro has has been playing, but in my opinion, if you got the first pick in the NBA draft where there wasn't you know that clear, there was no Victor Wembanyama in last year's draft. I still I still say you go for the unicorn if you've got the first pick and and hope he turns into something. I, I've always been I've always been a fan of that. We know obviously the size that he's going to bring to this team on an already extremely long team. Just watching teams have issues with their with their length night after night is entertaining. And yeah, th- they are going to be a problem. For teams out west all year long, it's like you said, full bunch of young guys that all they know, all they know is being disrespected as the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they're going to go out there and try to beat every team in their path every night because what what else do they know? All they know is that, they, that they're a team that's not good and they are for young players that need to go out there and show what they got. So I, I this is a team I'll continue to look to back. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I, there's so many guys you could point out here. I mean, Giddy, Dort. SG obviously SGA is the guy uh you know the guy who drives this whole team um from a scoring standpoint Poku was great the other night like this is yep. this team is so he, fun. he stinks on defense he's so bad on defense he does, but yes. he he's he his skill set on offense you can see why it, why it's worth it at times for I him think, to be part of their regular rotation I think the one that surprised me the most when I was kind of looking at this game today is I didn't really I didn't realize how good their defensive rating had gotten dude Right, so I don't know what the traditional number is. I think they're ninth in non-garbage time minutes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're and I've, good. I've got fifth just overall, uh, okay. you know, from cleaning the ga- glass as far as points per one hundred possessions. So I mean, like okay, that's that it is, then. Yeah, fifth. Okay, I didn't realize that. I forgot they were that high. Yeah, fifth. yeah. I mean, like that yep, is that is damn impressive. Like I, that, I mean, you know, we're talking offense. They're twenty fifth on offense. Uh, you know, as far as that goes. So it's. Uh, I mean, look, man. You, yeah, you said it. They're they're a team that I, I think is a continue to be a bet on team until um, I don't want to say markets correct, but you know, a little bit, a little bit, you no, have I, to on this team, Kelly. I'm, at this point, right now, we are talking about. So, what are we talking? I'm, I'm terrible at math. 80, 88 game sample size of covering at a sixty three percent clip. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm willing to do it. Like, yeah, I bet them I'd today. Like to cover I wrote about it. 63% clip. <laughs> right. And I wrote about it. Like, I bet them. I haven't bet them enough. I bet them against Dallas in that game they came back in. I have them again here tonight, pre flop plus six and a half, as Giddy just like slices through the defense of Denver and scores with the layup. Um, like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm doing something evil. No, I'm gonna I, I, no, I, so I'm I'm going to bet in... every opening number on the Oklahoma City Thunder until the market realizes how good this team is. I love it. Oh, I, I, so I chose to get in on them live tonight, but then it, it, I didn't play the game line that last game, but with all those, with the banged up backcourt that Orlando has, I, I just did an SGA prop, and that, I mean, that got over easy. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm with you, man. This is a team I got my eye on big time. And I, and I will tell you this right now, and I, I said this statement, I want this to be very clear because I think I'm going to do it too. But if you told me right now, John, I guarantee you they will try to make the postseason, I think they can make the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think they can make a play-in tournament. I think they can win a play-in tournament. Like, again, eight seed at, I think is their ceiling. But regardless, yeah. like when you're talking about some prices in the range of like I think like 12 to 1 for them to make the playoffs – 
I think that is very realistic only if you tell me that they want to try to do it. Right. That is the caveat. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, that's the shame, right? It's, it's how many of these teams, okay. We always talk about the, you're going to, you're going to hear, you're going to hear the two of us talk about tanking, tanking this season more than we've probably ever talked about it ever before. Right. And it's, it's the, it is going to be interesting to see which teams, you know, like early success for this team might not be the best thing for them in the long run over the next five, 10 years. Right. (laughs) And that, that's the problem, but you can't, we talk about tanking all the time and everybody has to understand. I'm probably, I'm sure they're sick of hearing this, but like the front office tanks, right? The players don't tank. The players on the court are going to give you everything they got every time they're out there because they're thinking about themselves and their career and what, what that team's going to think of them and what the next team's going to think of them when they see them on tape in all these games that they play. So a little bit of this is out of the control of some of those front office guys, at least early on in the season, right? So the problem is if these guys play so well, put themselves in a position like you're talking about to actually chase a playoff spot, yeah, they might have to be locked into that. All right, so let's put a bow on it with this. Uh, we have a pretty decent card tomorrow. Some global numbers are popping up. I'll give you the four. I've not had a chance to dive into Friday yet. Uh, what has uh, stuck out to you? I love it. I'm going to throw a few at you here. So, okay, we, we already kind of talked about Philadelphia uh, and New York a bit, but that's one I'm going to be monitoring right now. I'm seeing a, a, a 76 or three out there uh, right now. I mean, I know you're high on this Knicks team. I mean, yeah. I haven't bet them much this year, but you're going to tell me I can catch three points with the Knicks. I mean, this will be this will be a bet for me if there is no Embiid. Obviously, I'm going to be I'm going to keep an eye on that over the next 24 hours or you know less than that. Uh, but I think right I think right away I I I haven't seen a number on this one yet. But Maxi over points or over three over three pointers made. Uh, is props are our props I'll be looking at for this game. I do expect Maxie's points to be adjusted pretty heavily with Harden out, but I think those three pointers uh, might be able might be something you could take advantage of. Uh, just go just go back and look at what really what his game log logs have been. He shot nine, you know, put up nine threes in the last game, six in the game before that, eight in the in the game before that, twelve in the game before that, eight in the game before that. It's just volume when you're looking at cash and three point made props. You want to see the volume. Uh, and he's putting them up game in and game out. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, I don't know if you if you have any feelings on that one. Um, a couple other ones I've circled. Okay, Blazers, they're opening up right now about 10, not anywhere nine and a half, ten and a half to, at the Suns. Okay, the Suns have been Yeah, I should have covered that game against the Grizzlies. That was a uh, yeah. nightmare to watch the other night. And I was thinking of you when I saw that final score. Um, I, but, you know, going into Phoenix, sure, the Suns have, the Suns have been more impressive. Uh, to me, that than I thought they were going to be so far. I will say that. Uh, but you know, you've got no Aiton still. Uh, he will be out for that game. The one, the one to watch is for Anthony Simons. I, I have no interest in playing this team if Simons isn't going to be in the lineup. But if he is, um, that's probably a play for me. I already fired on one, John. I saw MGM come out here in, uh, in town and post an eight and a half on the Celtics game, and I ran to bet the Bulls on that one. Bulls plus eight and a half. I took against the Celtics. Um, I just think that's a look. I'm, I'm not high on this Bulls team in the long run, but I think that's a massive number uh, for you to post against the Celtics. And the one thing that I've been doing all season so long, JVT, and I'll continue to do tomorrow in this game is I will play Vucevic over his rebounding prop uh, against the Celtics. It's nothing. 
Look, that team, they've got great length on the wings. Horford, obviously, great defensive player, but you're just shorter down low. And when you've get, if you go back and look at the teams that they've played that have these true centers, you know, like a Vooch, like a Jared Allen the other night, these guys are racking up massive rebounds against this team early on this season with no Robert Williams in that lineup. So that is a, that is a prop I can almost tell you for sure I'll be playing. Um, Pelicans minus four versus the Warriors. I don't know how like that is my favorite bet of the board, uh, without a doubt. That is one I will be in on for sure. Um, I'm probably going to bet that tonight, as it does look like Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram are going to be back in the lineup tomorrow night. The Warriors off to back to back, off a of back to back. I think that's massive. And then the other one, the other one uh, that you know you kind of brought up, uh, uh, one of these teams, but the Raptors. I, I, I mean, Van Vliet questionable. Still don't know if he's going to go, but they don't uh, need him. They don't. I don't. I don't think they. Teams. I don't think they need him. And you're catching four, four and a half points. This might even go to five at Dallas. I mean, look, Dallas has been nice, but it's still so much Luka Doncic, and I think that those. I think the length that the, that Toronto has in those wings is going to give them problems. Yep. No, I agree. And Dallas has been a team I'm looking to play against pretty as frequently as possible uh, with some quality opponents, and this is going to be one of them. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that absolutely. So, yeah, that's really all I circled down. But, I I mean, I think there's some – I might have way more bets tomorrow. I might have as many bets tomorrow as I've had the whole season (laughs) for for what everything I just laid out. (laughs) Tomorrow is going to be great. Uh, All right, man. Hey, we're uh, we're up against it, so uh, we'll end it here. you have any more parting thoughts before we sign off? No, it's about it, man. Brooklyn, get your act together. This is embarrassing. Yes, it is. Uh, It is on multiple fronts. All right. For Kelly, uh, for Steven, again, like, rate, review, and subscribe to Hardwood Handicappers. And we will be back on Monday. And before we sign off, too, remember, vcin.com slash subscribe. If you're not a subscriber yet, tonight I will be turning in some copy for the College Basketball Betting Guide. So make sure you check out everything we have to offer up there. And if you're not a subscriber, do it, folks. We'll talk to you on Monday.